God. Thank you, B. You coped with me very well tonight. Good evening to everyone. Well, good evening to some of you anyway. Good evening to everyone. Praise God. Time to wake up now. Hallelujah. The children have gone out. We can be ourselves. Hallelujah. We're in the middle of a six-part series on changing the spiritual climate. And tonight is part four. Praise the Lord. God's doing some incredible things. Uh, this Friday, um, we will be starting our regular services in Karatbury in our new church plant. Praise God. It's uh, three and a half hours north of Phuket. And uh, I'll be ministering there along with uh, Alex. Hey, there's Alex. Hey. And uh, with Muk. Muk's in Hatyai at the moment, so she can't stand up and say hello. But uh, that's the, basics, the, the, the basic team. But obviously, anyone who wants to go is welcome to go if you're free on a Friday. So it's, uh, please pray for us this Friday. And every Friday, it's going to be a seven-hour round trip. That's just the driving, and we'll probably be two or three hours there as well. So um, it's good. We've got, uh, we've got a, a place for the church, and uh, we've got people. Hallelujah. So it's a good start. And um, God is doing some good things there. And the, uh, the lady who's, uh, who's dedicated a home to use as the church, it's got a large garage, and we're using the garage. And uh, it's about half as big as the church, so it's quite a good size. And uh, she's the sister, the elder sister of the mayor of Karatbury. And her other brother is the uh, chief of police. So we're, we're doing pretty good there as far as um, security is concerned. And uh, it's a good, good family to start with, isn't it? Amen. So that's going to be good. And when Pastor Peter comes next month, we're going to have an evangelistic rally there. Uh, hopefully we can attract a couple of hundred people. We'll have food and uh, lots of different things. And we'll invite you all to, those of you available, to go up. And we will have a, a big rally there on the Friday evening. So um, keep that in your diaries. It will be the uh, 18th, I think. Yeah, the 18th. It will be Friday the 18th of April. So uh, that will be really great. So the church is growing, amen. And we're looking tonight at uh, fellowship. Over the past few weeks, we've been proclaiming my city is God's city. Uh, we need to adopt a new mindset. We need to believe that God is going to change Phuket. Amen. Hallelujah. We have a principle that we want to uh, let it soak into your heart, not just in your mind, so that we start to think along these lines. Rather than just think about these things on Saturday, we're going to be living out this principle. And the principle that I've been sharing with you each week is this. When a Christian speaks peace over the lost, the spiritual environment changes for the better which, lead, which eventually leads to opportunities for meaningful spiritual conversation and prayer. 
And we've been having a running dialogue concerning one of my neighbours who takes his dog for a walk past the house. Right? Now, this is amazing. There's been some incredible developments as far as this, this is concerned while we've been preaching. This is week four. And week one, we started off where the guy walks past us and never looks at the house. And so we've been praying, God, bring peace to this man. And so a couple of weeks ago, he walked past the house. And instead of turning away, he just looked straight ahead. Now, last week when he walked past, he actually looked towards the house. So his head's been turned around by prayer. I mean, come, you might not think that's pretty amazing, but it is. This, if you knew this guy, you know this is an amazing thing. He's actually looking at the house. Now, something happened this week, right? I actually got the start of a smile. Now, he might have been laughing at me. I'm not sure, but the start of a smile was there, right? The start of a smile. So prayer is working. Hallelujah. So when a Christian speaks peace over the last, the spiritual environment changes for the better, which eventually leads to opportunities for meaningful spiritual conversation and prayer. God will bless this principle because it's a principle that comes from his word. Last week, we started to examine in more detail the principle uh, that we found in Luke 10. And if you remember, Jesus gave us a four-step process in Luke 10 to empower us to see transformation in the community. Now this process starts off with blessing. Then it moves on to fellowship. Then it goes on to meeting the felt needs, praying for people and, and, and seeing miracles happen. And then, finally, it's the ministry of Jesus in the place. So Jesus sends out, whichever version you read, the 70 or the 72. If you read the Greek, it's the 70, praise the Lord. Uh, and... Uh, he sends them out two by two. Rather than that the 70 or the 72, the main number is two by two. That's the important thing. They go out two by two. Last week we looked at the power of agreement. Now someone asked a question last week, uh, and, and I'll address it in, in the meeting tonight, because uh, it's important for us to understand, because the power of agreement is something which is, is, is a weapon that we've been given by God to overcome the enemy and to bring down strong goals and to release God's blessing upon the earth. And so we need to understand that can we pray by ourselves? Yes, we can. We can pray by ourselves. And is Jesus' authority the same as it is when to pray? Yes, it is. It's not Jesus that changes. The power of agreement is for us. Praise the Lord. It's us together with each other as we encourage one another, as we agree with one another, we actually take on an extra dimension because there's a special promise for people in unity. Now there's a lot of teaching on this in the Bible. We could talk about being witnesses in the mouths of two or three witnesses. 
You see, one witness was not enough in the Old Testament law. It had to be at least two witnesses. And so we could talk about the power of witness, the authority that comes through witness. We could refer to Old Testament verses which talk about being slayers of a thousand. One person can be a slayer of a thousand. Two people together are slayers of ten thousand. So one plus one in God's maths is ten thousand. Hallelujah. Which is pretty good, isn't it? And so we allow ourselves to be part of the principle of multiplication, which we see in God's word. When we are in agreement with one another, our prayers, our prayers are not added to one another, they are multiplied. And so the power of agreement is something very powerful for us indeed. And so last week we looked at blessing. I just want to give a very, very brief resume of what we looked at last, last week. It is brief. What we saw was as we bless individuals and communities, as we examined uh, Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 to 14, we saw that there is nothing more wonderful for a person, community, city or nation than the blessing of God. If we want the best for a person, if we want the best for our street, if we want the best for our home and our neighbours, if we want the best for our city, if we want the best for our nation, if we want the best for our world, then there is nothing better than the blessing of God. And we, as we examined Deuteronomy 28 last week, we saw the, the many blessings that there are contained in those verses. And that the peace of the community is where we find our peace. And that's a very important principle for us to understand. If I can impart peace to you, and you have peace, then your peace gives me peace. That's wonderful. So often, we can get uh, annoyed and uptight with people. We can lose our tempers with people. And the reason we do that is because they're not conforming to the way we want them to conform. They're not doing what we want them to do. But, if instead of criticizing or complaining or moaning, we choose to bless, not only does it help them, because if we pray a prayer in sincerity before God, that prayer is answered. If we pray a prayer, God bless that person. And we really mean it. God will answer our prayers. God will bless that person. And we'll feel better. Praise the Lord. We've been seeing some incredible uh, uh, changes on Sunday mornings with the Thai congregation. And if you, if you want to get excited, you need to come in the morning. Praise the Lord. You know what it's like on celebration, because they're a noisy bunch. And uh, it's just so, 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 so incredible this morning. When I was preaching this morning, they were wanting to testify at the same time. And they were standing up with their hands right. I want to say something. I said, I'm preaching. Sit down. <laughs> 
to me that was fantastic because it's not just words it's happening and the, the people testifying they said oh we, we were driving the other day and, and there was this this motorbike in front and it was weaving from side to side and it was really dangerous so we prayed God bless that person and all of a sudden they started driving straight and they said, and we felt great we felt blessed because we weren't going to hit him and everybody was happy and everybody said praise the Lord and you know that might, might be a very small thing but if we start to live like that then the small things that get us down every day stop getting us down we get the victory over them and something that's potentially going to rob us of our peace becomes the source of our peace that's, that to me is just incredible the thing that could rob us of our peace actually becomes the source of our peace because we sow blessing into it it blesses us back and the frustration that we could have got from that situation isn't there instead we feel victory in Christ we experience what it is to see answers to prayer and we see the blessing of God and that gives me peace and it's, this is something we need to grasp because this is what we can do to change this community there is incredible power in blessing Say to the person next to you, may the Lord's blessing be upon you today. Lord, may your blessing rest upon Phuket. You see, blessing is the key to open the door to transformation. And this is the amazing news. You and I are that key. We are the ones who choose to bless or not to bless. God has commissioned us to bring blessing to the community in which we live. God can do it himself. But he chooses to use you and me to bring that blessing. And so we are the key to open the door to transformation. And so we need to make sure that we are not a barrier to that blessing. So once we start to bless rather than to curse, maybe we don't curse, but maybe we moan, maybe we complain, maybe we just feel as though, why, you know, why are we in this situation? Why are we here? Lord, why did you bring us to this place? Last week we saw that the Word of God tells us that whether you want to be in a place or not, you should bless it. Hallelujah. And it will change your whole experience of being there. So blessing is the key to the door to transformation. And we mean to make sure that we do not block that blessing. 
So the first step that Jesus taught in Luke 10 was to bless the place that you go to. The second was to have fellowship. Now fellowship, in effect, is building relationships. Now everywhere we go, we're surrounded by people. And no matter what you do, you can't get away from them. They're everywhere. The earth's populated with them. I don't know if you noticed that. But they're just all over the place. And particularly, the, the, biggest, congrega the biggest congregations of people seem to be in Asia. Right? So if you're trying to get away from it all, you've come to the wrong part of the world. If you want to get away from people, you need to go to somewhere like the Arctic. Right? <laughs> right? This is the wrong place to get away from people because there's lots of them around. And, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you try to get away from someone, you just can't do it. I never cease to be amazed that wherever I am, I hear the word pastor following me around. Everywhere I go, I go into a shop and I hear pastor. And I'm thinking, entire course, right? I'm going to need Ajahn. And I think, how do they know who I am? And several times since we've been married, we've tried to get away from people. And we've never, ever yet succeeded. It's been impossible. The first day of our married life, we went to this tiny little fishing village in Devon in England. And there were only a few houses in this village. And at that particular time, I was a school teacher. And on the first day of our married life, I opened the curtains of the little cottage we'd rented. I looked out, the sky was blue, the sea was darker blue, the birds were singing, the sun was shining, and even the flowers were smiling. And I walked outside, just as a young kid, and I was a school teacher at the time, as a young kid walked out the, the door next to me, the next door, and said, Hello, sir, what are you doing here? That was the first day of our, our honeymoon. Praise God. Of all the places in all the world, we picked a holiday college next to a house full of kids that are taught. We did the same thing the following year. We went away and we rented a caravan. We parked this caravan in the middle of a field on a cliff and there was no one there. And the next morning we woke up and there was a caravan next to us and a load of kids from school got out. I couldn't believe it. I thought, what have I done? God, please, help. What have I done? We just want to get away. One year from here, we, we had one of these cheap away holidays that we planned. And we, went, we found an island in the middle of the Mediterranean. And we went and we got a chalet there and we got a beautiful room. And we woke up on the first day. The sun was shining. The sky was blue. The sea was bluer. The birds were singing. The sun was... Oh, I've already said the sun was shining. It was shining twice. There were two suns in the sky. And we went outside and the flowers were smiling. And someone said... Look, it's Brian and Margaret Burton, missionaries to Thailand. We couldn't believe it. You can't get away from people. It's impossible. 
So why not make friends with them? Hallelujah. Rather than try to run away, build relationships. Praise the Lord. Because you won't succeed if you run away, but you can succeed in building relationships. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by people, and those people need Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. They need Jesus just as much as I do. And it's our responsibility before God to build relationships with the people that we meet. Now some people are naturally gifted in conversation, while others find it very difficult. Now, Dave's the sound man at the back. Now I want to tell you that you, you, never, you can always have a conversation with Dave, right? You might not understand anything he says, but you can always have a conversation with him because Dave knows everything about nuts and bolts and things that have got electricity passing through them. He knows everything, right? Now, you might not know anything, but Dave will tell you all about it. So, that's, praise the Lord, it's great. Because some people just have the gift of being able to talk. And you need to pray for his wife. Hallelujah. She sat here green. Right? So you, you can always find people who are naturally gifted and, 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 and can have conversation. But other people find it difficult. Other people find it really difficult to, to hold a conversation, to, to say, you know, you say, hello, how are you? You talk about the weather for a couple of seconds and, and then you're stuck. What do I talk about next? And I want to tell you something. If we apply the principle that we began with tonight and that we've begun with every part of this series and which we'll begin with next week and the week after. Right? When a Christian speaks peace over the lost, whether you are a good conversationalist or not, the spiritual environment will still change and you will have opportunities for meaningful spiritual conversation. Because it doesn't matter whether you're good at speaking or not, we, can all, we all have a testimony if we know Jesus. And God will give us those opportunities. So it's not about my ability in conversation. It's about my willingness to pray and to bless. Amen? And then fellowship will happen. Even with difficult people who might be your neighbours, who might hate the fact that you've built a house and blocked their view so they don't look at you when they take their dog for a walk, but as you pray for them and you bless them, that's the reason, because we've spoiled their view. We've built a big house in the, in the way. I mean, that's the reason why they don't like us. Right? But as we pray for them, and we bless them. Things will change. And it's incredible the amount and the number of people that can start off as your enemy that end up being friends. It's incredible how you can do it. David's been sharing with me about uh, a guy that he, was, he used to work with and who actively was, was his superior at... at, uh, at um, his last hotel that he worked at, 
and, and he was his superior and gave him a really hard time. For no other reason than he just wanted to have the one upmanship over David. No real reason. Just competition at work. Not really competition when you're already the boss, is it? It's just being nasty. But now, he's David's best friend. Keeps ringing him up. Even when it's inappropriate. Praise the Lord. He just keeps ringing him up. Isn't that fantastic? Because you can take, you can take an enemy and transform them into a friend. Transform them into a friend. Praise the Lord. God is good. And as we pray strategically and consistently for people to be blessed, opportunities will arise for us to develop, to develop good relationships. It will happen. It will happen. Now, eventually, there will be an initial meeting place. And I'm not talking about saying hello. I'm talking about the development of a relationship. Eventually, there will be an initial meeting place. Maybe you go out for coffee. Maybe you invite them round to your house. Maybe you just do something. But there will be an initial meeting place. And it's important for us to recognize the spiritual significance of that. The initial meeting place is not just about physical location. Whether it's Starbucks, whether it's your home, wherever it is, it's not just about physical location. But the initial meeting place has a spiritual significance. It has, uh, it, it is a spiritual situation. It's where people are introduced to the kingdom of God. Now you might not even talk about Jesus. You might have a coffee together. You might talk, I don't know, if I was meeting a guy and we were having coffee together and he was interested in what uh, a premiership in England, football, we might talk about football. And we could talk about his work. We could talk about all kinds of things. Of course, if they talk about my work, then he's going to get witnesses too because it's what I do. But it doesn't even have to be about Jesus. You're building a relationship. But they are being introduced to the kingdom of God. Because when they see you, they are looking into the kingdom of God. Do you know that? The word of God says that we are, we are his ambassadors. And so when people see you, they're seeing an example of what the kingdom of God is all about. So there might not be any verbal exchange about church, about Jesus, but people are still meeting the kingdom of God. And you need to understand that. When we meet people, we do not meet people as the world meets them, but we meet them in the kingdom of God. So there are two important things 
that we need to know and we need to apply when we meet new people. The first is this. We need to empathize with them. The first time I went to church, a very nice man came up to me, and these were his first words. Hello, brother, are you saved? And I hadn't got a clue what he was on about. I thought, what are you talking about? I, I'm not your brother. Is there something my mum didn't tell me? It was really strange. And I couldn't wait to talk to somebody else. I thought, there's some normal people over there. Let me try and find them. But get me away from this guy who keeps calling me brother. <laughs> and then in the church, when I went, one of the guys said, well, you, you, you must come on Sunday morning. Because we celebrate the feast of the Lord, right? And we sit around the Lord's table, right? We come around the Lord's table. So I got this huge, big table, right? I pictured in my mind there was this enormous table in the church, and everybody sat around it, and they had, a, they had breakfast. And when I finally went to the communion service, I was right disappointed. Well, I was expecting bacon and eggs. So what am I saying? When we meet new people, don't hit them with Christian terminology because they haven't got a clue what you're on about. And don't even pressure people to come to church. Hello, my name's Brian. Will you come to church with me? Right? I mean, <laughs> give them a break. Because we're not introducing them to church. We're introducing them to Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong, right? Please, believe me, don't get me wrong. We want people to come to church, otherwise I've got no one to preach to. We do want people to come to church, but church is secondary to meeting Jesus. And we present him. And that's what it's all about. You see, I don't want people to come to church because they feel they have to come. I don't want that at all. Because it's not about how many, how many seats we fill. If the church is full, to me, that just makes it a better atmosphere. Amen? Just makes it a better atmosphere. But it's not, we're, not, we're not trying to force people to come to church. I hope you're all here tonight because you want to be here. Because you want to worship Jesus. You want to be challenged and blessed by the word. That's the reason why we come. If we come by because of duty and we come because we feel we have to, then we need to examine ourselves. And if any of our leadership force you to come, feel to make you come, right? You're... You're naughty if you don't come. 
then as a leader, you need to examine yourself. Praise the Lord. Bless you all. But we come out of desire. Because the only way to enter into the presence of God is because we want to be there. Amen? Ensure that there's nothing in your behavior or language that will put people off you as a person. Why? Because if you, they, they're put off you as a person, they'll be put off you as a Christian. So there are certain things we need to look at. We need to look at language and expression. Don't say praise the Lord after every sentence. God the way you speak. Don't be a person who gossips. Because I'll tell you this. The way you start the relationship should be the way you want that relationship to be in two years' time when that person's in church worshipping God. Because you don't want that person to say, you were different back then. Well, you do. You want them to see you growing God, but you know what I mean. You don't want to say that, you know, you, you uh, weren't as nice as you are now. You weren't as holy as you are now, back then. So you need to start the relationship as you mean it to be further down the road. Guard your emotions. Don't, what do I mean by that? You know, because we can all have bad days and all that kind of thing. And it's, it's obviously we want to be genuine with the people that we meet. What I mean by that is we can, we can be judgmental, can't we? We can openly disapprove of things that we don't like in new people. And we need to, we need to control our emotions. Right? Because we can, we can sort of say, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I don't do that. And the way we say it and the way we portray it actually is a put down. So we've got to be careful. We, don't, we must be careful of our emotions. And if you're blessing people, you won't feel like that. Hallelujah. Watch our attitude. Don't be condescending. Don't be negative. Love lifts up. Amen. Amen. And if we're not lifting up, we're not loving. If we're bringing down, if we're criticizing, that's not love. Not me, that's the Bible. Actions. Body language. You know, some people can, can give you, start to, start to talk, and they're going to tell you about the ins and outs of their, their life that could take hours. So, you know, be aware of being like this. When you're listening to them. Or, or, or this, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's very interesting, go on. 
right? Just be careful what, what happens. Because we want to bless people. Now, you might think, you don't need to tell me that. Praise God. Because you're just so great. Everyone is so wonderful. I was marvelous. Listen, I've done it. I've done all of those things. We do. We all need to guard our actions when we meet new people. And sometimes the opportunities that God gives us is not actually with the person that we'd ideally like to have it with. Hallelujah. Now that's one side. The other side is this. Don't compromise. Don't compromise your Christian values. Remember, you are introducing them to the kingdom of God. They are not supposed to be reintroducing you to former things. So these are very important when we meet new people. So why is this kind of relations building necessary? Why do we need to build relationships like this? Because we're wanting to bring transformation to people. We're wanting to bring transformation into the community. And in order to do that, it seems appropriate to me to actually do what Jesus told us to do. Which is why we're focusing on Luke 10. Now it's incredible when we look at these principles of blessing, of fellowship, of meeting felt needs, and then of introducing Jesus. It's incredible how passages, passages of Scripture that we may have read many, many times just come to life. And they have new meaning. I've been reading Romans this week. And it's amazing how much some of the difficult stuff in Romans starts to make more sense. It's just unbelievable. Romans is probably one of the hardest books to read in the whole Bible. It's got difficult things in there because Paul was a very clever guy. And if we had an IQ test and Paul was here, we'd probably not want to compare our results with his. <laughs> he was a very amazing man and he wrote some incredible, incredibly deep, profound things. And as I've been reading Romans 13 and 14, I've been thinking, wow, this is just amazing. The stuff in here that is just absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure we've all read this before. Romans 13, 9 and 10 says, Love your neighbor as yourself. Bless your neighbor as you would want them to bless you. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Then we get onto the parable of the Good Samaritan. Incredible. Your enemy. Bless them. You see, 
when we talk about a time when we see restoration between the Thai people and the Burmese people it's not just pie in the sky this is the word of God this is amazing one of the most incredible events that I've witnessed was in Argentina when it's just an amazing place we're in this city where there's a building that the original funding for Adolf Hitler was raised in Mar del Plata in Argentina and in the basement they discovered just a few weeks before I was there they discovered all these documents of how they raised funds to buy an airplane to fly Hitler around Germany when he was uh, uh, when he was up for election and all the money came from Argentina incredible now when the Jews fled a lot of them went to Argentina so the second highest uh, ethnic group in Mar del Plata are Jews and synagogues all over the place and the third highest ethnic group in Mar del Plata are Germans because when they lost the war all the Nazis went to Argentina and so you've got Jews and Nazis living in the same city this is just mind-blowing and so we're in there we're having this meeting and there's thousands packed into this church I mean it, they're just hanging off the jelly lampshades they're just everywhere it's just incredible and we've got the youth band playing and everybody's bouncing up and down and if you've never bounced up and down if you're in that meeting you will because you have to go with everybody else right it's like <laughs> have you ever seen the pictures of the of the Maasai doing the you know they're going the, doing that bounce? everybody's doing that because you're just stuck like sardines you're all bouncing up and down it's just incredible and the place is even you're thinking I'm sure this is going this place is going to fall to the ground it's just an incredible atmosphere the power of God is in the place all of a sudden some pastors go forward and they've got names like Kirshner they're Germans and under the power of God they start to repent now that could be just anything but just so happened just you know I mean in God's kingdom nothing just so happened it just so happens that Maria Schindler of Schindler's List fame the great-granddaughter of, of, of Schindler is in the meeting and she's got a Star of David flag waving it so you've got all these Nazis or derived from Nazis but they're still living out some of the principles that have been passed down to them so you've got all these guys living this out you got Heidi who's German she wants to repent and she's one of our jelly eldership right she wants to repent as well because the power of God's come upon her so she goes out the front on her knees crying her eyes out saying sorry for something she never did but it's a national thing that's been inherited so she's repenting the Jews come down and forgive them the whole place goes wild right 
And I'm thinking, I'm English and look what we did in the Falklands. So I sort of hid at the back, hallelujah. I thought tonight it's the Germans and the, uh, and the Jews in Argentina. Just an incredible thing. So they took up an offering and sent $30,000 to Israel as a gift to the nation. Incredible. That's why I know that we're going to see things like the restoration of peace between the Thais and the Burmese. And what better place than Phuket? And I'll tell you where it's going to happen. It's going to happen at the Heroines Monument. It's going to happen there. Not yet. It's not the right time. We've got the place. We haven't got the time. But God is going to cause that to happen. He's going to bring restoration. And when that restoration occurs, you know what's going to happen? We're going to, our church is going to have such an influence in Myanmar. In Burma, it's going to be unbelievable. We're going to see churches planted and God bless the nation of Burma. This is what transformation is all about. This is why building relationships is all about. That's what that verse means. Love your neighbor as yourself. Wanting the same blessing for them to rest upon their life that will rest upon yours. And peace in them gives me peace. Doesn't this, isn't this verse absolutely fantastic? Doesn't it just blow your mind now? When you start to understand these things, the meaning of the, of the verses are just incredible. And I've got some more. Hallelujah. Look at this. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. There are Christians who won't speak to each other because they disagree on being amillennialist, post-millennialist, pre-millennialist, or whatever kind of millennialist. Good grief, I just want to be there. Amen. What does it matter? What matters is that we love one another. This is a, it's not a command. It's a command to be ready. It's not a command to have a point of view. Good grief. Accept him whose faith is weak. And quite often in the church we get judgmental upon people. We're at a church in, in, in Canada. One of the congregation, something this we weren't there at the time, but when we were there we, we found out what they'd done. One of the youth dressed up as a tramp as a punk rocker tramp and put uh, a, a ring in her nose but didn't pierce it but it looked like it was pierced put a big ring in her nose and, and made her clothes smelly and dirty and came in and sat on the front row in front of the pastor to see the reaction and to be quite honest she wasn't the person who stank but a lot of the church did. You know what I mean? To God. Because of the reaction she got. And it was all, the pastor knew about it. The pastor knew what was happening because it was in his message. But he wasn't prepared 
for the disasters, the disastrous uh, things that were going on in the congregation. Some people left. Incredible. It says, except him whose faith is weak, without passing judgment on disputable matters. And she didn't come in out of the cold. She came in and she says to people, I've come to worship God. And the first thing she was told was, well, if you come to worship God, don't you think you ought to have a wash and get changed first? And she was criticised for the way she was, rather than being shown compassion. Nobody volunteered to give her new clothes or take her home so that she could have a bath in their house. Praise the Lord, we need to guard our hearts and minds, don't we? Look at this, Romans 14, 13 and 19, just different colours to show you which verse is which. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. And I've read this verse so many times, I've I lost count of the number of times I've read Romans, and yet, when we're talking about establishing peace in the community, establishing peace in the nation, when peace in your life means peace in my life, what does it say? It says that. Let us make every effort to do what leads to peace, and to what? Mutual edification. Peace in you means peace in me. It's there all the time. Praise God, let's, Lord, just let this be revelation to us. Let this be revelation to us. When you actively start to represent the kingdom of God to people, you will be amazed how your own life will improve because righteousness will prevail in you. When you actively start to represent the kingdom of God to people, righteousness will prevail in you. Why is that? Because you'll be doing what is right in the sight of God. And that is what righteousness is. And the blessing of righteousness. And what prayers does God answer? The prayers of a righteous man. Praise the Lord. Isn't this fantastic stuff? Come on. This is life changing stuff. But it's transformational stuff. Because it will not just transform you if you get it. It will transform the people that you start to bless. That you start to build relationships with. Now this is, this is incredible because if we're going to see this church have the impact that we long for it to have, things are going to change. You know what's going to change? You know, I mean, bless all, all those of you who have been, uh, 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 
have, have been committed to the church for a while, but you know the PCC vision's got to change. Everything that we've got on that vision statement will remain, but it's got to be added to, because there's nothing on there yet about nation transformation. And if anything is alive, it grows. You know that? Those of you who've got uncontrollable gardens will be able to testify to that. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. And if we've got a church, we need, we, a church needs to grow. It needs to uh, develop. And if we were to stay the same, then that's exactly what we'd do. We'd stay the same. But we need to grow, and so the church grows with it. And the Word of God tells us to enlarge the vision. Enlarge the vision. So praise God, we're going to have to add more to it. Praise God, that's fantastic. When I read the mission statement, I think, yeah, that's got to change as well. We've got to adapt it. We've got to grow because God's doing something in us. He's changing us. He's, he's moving us. And, and that was good for the time that it was good for. But we need to add to it and develop it. You see, if we don't grow, when I was at school, I remember doing biology. And the first lesson in biology when I was 11 was about the seven characteristics of life. And the first one was living things grow. Living things grow. So if you're not growing, if God isn't extending you, if you're not developing, if you're not pushing further, then that's, not a, that's a sign that you're not alive, which means you're dead. God doesn't want us to stagnate. He doesn't want us to stay the same. He wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. He wants us to go deeper into Him. Praise God. Opportunities are going to arise as we start to actively present the kingdom of God to people. They will be blessed as we bless them. You know, I believe in the power of prayer to change things. You see, this isn't just a system. It's not just four steps. You know, oh, bless people, just pray, bless them. You know, you can get to the point where you start saying, bless them, Lord, and it gets facetious. And you don't really mean it. It's not genuine. When we do this, when we bless people, we have to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just, oh Lord, bless them. It's God. In the depths of my heart, may your blessing be upon this person. In Jesus' name. It's a heartfelt prayer. Because you're administering the power of God. Now, I don't know about you, but my God, the God that I speak about in the name of Jesus, the one who I pray to in the name of Jesus, is a God who created the heavens and the earth. He's the God who does the miraculous. 
He's the God who heals the sick. He's the God who raises the dead. He's the God who meets every need. And so when I pray God's blessing, I'm expecting something to happen. He's the God who turns a man's head round. Hallelujah. He's the God who, st who makes a bad driver drive straight. He's a God of the little things. You know, it's incredible. All these little things add up. All these little things add up. And you can have a bad day and you can think, what, what's it been? But someone asks you, what, what's happened? And you, you'd say, I don't know. And it's not been a big thing. It's just been a little thing after a little thing after a little thing after a little thing. After a little thing and just mounts up. But if we have this new attitude, if we have this attitude of blessing, then the bad days will grow fewer and fewer. Hallelujah. And you'll be able to speak into situations. Now, we're all going to meet big problems, right? And big problems come our way whether it's testing, of the devil testing us, whether it's God testing us, whether it's just a matter of fact that we live in a world that is corrupt by, corrupted by sin. We meet big problems. But I would rather meet a big problem in this attitude than meet it in the old one. Amen? Because hope is real hope is real this way hope is really does something it creates something we say I'm going to pray to my God and he's going to change this situation so the cancer's healed so the difficulty we've got with this person it's overcome so that the impossible situation has a way out of it Praise God. And when we, when we address the problems, look, it doesn't matter how big the mountain is, God's bigger than the mountain. When we look at it and we try and reason it out, that mountain will always be bigger than us. I have never yet met a mountain that is bigger than me. But, sorry. I have never yet met a mountain that is smaller than me. Hallelujah. Mountains are always bigger. Hallelujah. Concentration. Hallelujah. We're not going to the concentration camps. We're going to the consecration camps. Hallelujah. Just to try and divert the uh, stuff away from me. Hallelujah. Mountains are always bigger than we are. Amen? At least you remember it now. They're always bigger than we are. We cannot change them. And when we focus on our own ability and our own understanding and we start to moan and, we, uh, and we, we give up hope, that's when the mountain overpowers us. But if we have the attitude of blessing, bless that mountain, Lord, 
it's about to fall on my head you just bless it in the name of Jesus and we put our faith and trust in God God overcomes the mountain hallelujah whether it's a small problem or a big problem the principles that Jesus has given us in Luke 10 are the answer Now, when opportunities arise to bless people, so we will start to make relationships with them. And as we build relationships with them, then we'll start to know what concerns them, what their felt needs are. And I'll be talking about that next week. So let's just pray tonight. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will help us. Because our own desires are very, very strong. They have a habit of sneaking back round. When we put them under control, they have a habit of sneaking back round and coming back and emerging without us even knowing without realizing what we're doing so father help us help us to submit ourselves to you and to recognize that lord as we as we learn to to impart blessing to people in the power of the holy spirit according to what you've called us to do in luke 10 as you send out your disciples, as we go out, Lord God, in your authority, as we bless, Lord, give us that attitude that we'll be able to genuinely bless people, even the ones, especially the ones, that rub us up the wrong way. Lord, we pray by your grace you give us the strength to recognize that we're moving on in you and we we're moving into a a new dimension in church might not be what we're used to it might not be where we've been before we might even have we, we might even understand all this but Something needs to change so that it's not just head knowledge, but this is what we live out. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be your servants. We're all called to serve you, to be your ambassadors, to present the kingdom of God to a lost world. So, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. You would move by your power in us. Because we are the key. Transformation starts in us. Help us to be a blessing. In our families, Lord God, those family members that we love so dearly, that have never been moved 
by the power of the gospel before. Years and years. They've watched us. They've seen the way we live. They've heard what we believe. And they've remained unchanged. Lord Jesus. Lord, even as I pray right now, I'm going to pray for my sister. When I pray for my sister, you pray for that relative that you love. My sister's seen me as a Christian for 31 years and she's not been changed. And maybe you have people just like that that you love dearly and they've seen everything but it hasn't affected them. It hasn't changed them. Lord God, If there's something in this teaching that we're bringing right now, give us the grace, Lord, to say, do something new in me. To dare to believe that we can bless and we can build relationships, even with people that we've had a relationship with for many years that we can build a new kind of relationship. See them in a different way. The way in which we'll lead, will prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. Touch our hearts, Lord, because we are the key. We are the key. And Lord God, I've read your promise that I will save you and your household. I've read it so many times. You've saved my mum, you've saved my dad, but you still haven't saved my sister. And so in the name of Jesus, help me to grasp this Luke 10 principle. I've taught similar things, but I've never taught this before. Never taught it this way, with this intent, with this purpose, it's new. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, according to the power of your word, release some authority, some power, so that we can see transformation in our family, in our friends, in the people that know all about who we are and yet have remained unchanged. In the relationships we currently have, Father, in Jesus' name, help us to bear fruit. Give us opportunity for meaningful conversation and prayer in Jesus' name. Give us that opportunity. Let us see miracles happen in the name of Jesus. Because we're not here to fail. We need to see the kingdom of God ushered in, in power and in authority. Hallelujah. So in the name of Jesus, 
everyone who's prayed for someone here tonight for everyone Lord God we are the key we are the key and no matter how many thousands of times we've been here before do something new Lord do something new in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Amen Amen a lot of things I could have prayed for tonight but I really just felt God lead me to, to pray that we've got people out there that we don't know yet that we need to build relationships with but we've also got people that we've been in long standing relationships with and they need God I totally believe these principles can change things Amen Amen the Lord bless you